welcome into another QB list fantasy football podcast. This once again, if you know the sound of my voice by now, is the waiver wire show. I'm Callan Elslinger, joined as always with AJ Passman. AJ, please tell me you had a better week four than I did. I got two words for you, Callan. Scorderell Patterson, baby. He he he's he saved me in at least in at least two leagues this week. So I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I can't say that same thing. I now have a league where I've lost Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, and David Montgomery in a span of two weeks. So I am oh, running well. back needy. And the good news is this is a waiver wire show where you may or may not know a thing or two about waiver wire guys. So <laughs> as always, uh, I've got just what you need. Perfect. I'm going to be tuning in. I'm going to just shut up and let you talk. But as always, you can find us at VQB list on Twitter where we will be dropping this podcast as well as the waiver wire article, which AJ writes, which will be a more in-depth look at some of these guys as we go into this. So we're not going to waste any time. I need all the waiver wire help I can get. So we're going to jump into the running back position. Start off, we mentioned some of those injuries to Joe Mixon and Dave Montgomery and what's a viable strategy besides picking up their backups. So we'll start with Damian Williams because Dave Montgomery seems like it's a more severe injury. Where it was talked about torn ACL, it sounds like he avoided it, but it's going to be, he's going to be out for a little while. So the next man up is Damian Williams, who's currently 8% rostered on Yahoo. Looked good when he wanted to Montgomery's out. Eight attempts, 55 yards, and a touchdown. AJ, talk me in on Damian, Damian Williams. Yeah, right now he's only 8% rostered in Yahoo leagues. And obviously that's going to jump up to probably 75 to 80% this week. Um, so this is the time to go get him. Yeah, when uh, like you said, when he was out, uh, when Montgomery went out, um, all Damian Williams did was uh, take eight attempts for 55 yards and a score. And they even involved him a little bit in the passing game. They didn't need to that much uh, with the game script, but um, it, it showed that, you know, Justin Fields was fine passing to him. So he, he got two, two more targets and two receptions of 15 yards on that. So uh, the, yeah, that that's the, that's the latest I've seen as well. They don't think it's a torn ACL, but he is going to be out for um, seemingly a, a few weeks. And for me, this is one of those things where if you either are a Montgomery manager, or if you have some of those other holes, or if you're, I mean, if you're one in three, Heading into week five, if you're um, if you're in need, this is kind of one of those injuries where I think you just decide to break the bank. Um, we definitely had some people um, shoot their shot a little early with Eli Mitchell, um, some bad injury luck there. But I, I think this is one of those where you know it it seems like they're just going to say next man up and hand Damian Williams the reins to this. Um, I don't really see him. Um, him giving up too much of that workhorse back like uh, Montgomery had. And so, and, and the other good thing is even if Andy Dalton is back, I th- I think that's um, that could, could potentially um, be better or just not affect uh, Damian Williams stock moving forward. So this is one of those where it's, if, if you're desperate and you want to get him, I mean, people will be putting in, you know, 50% or more of, of their, um, of their fab bids on, on this. Yeah, a good thing with that is the Bears really don't have anyone after Damian Williams. It's not like Baltimore where it's three or four guys around for his next man up. It's Damian Williams. The next guy is Khalil Herbert, who didn't see a single target at all this season. They limited workload. It was at 12% of snaps. So Damian Williams was the guy. And this isn't a short-term injury like McCaffrey where it's going to be a few weeks. Or Joe Mixon, which we're going to talk about soon, which seems like it won't be as severe as this one. Montgomery's going to be out multiple weeks. This is going to be... A long-term injury. Keep an eye out, though. Damian Williams did suffer a thigh injury. It was more of a thigh bruise, so he should be fine. But 
monitor that situation. Maybe it hinders him in the first week after after this, and then maybe they bring in some sort of veteran who's been cut. But Damian Williams can get the load. I'm putting as much fab, fab as I can out there for him. All you dropped the big bucks on Eli Mitchell are going to be missing out on Damian Williams because this may be a more fitting use of fab than it was early season on Mitchell. And transitioning nicely into the aforementioned Joe Mixon, he's currently week-to-week with a low-grade ankle injury. So the next man up in Cincinnati is Samaj P. Ryan. Same thing. Why, tell me what I should be doing with about Samaj P. Ryan. Well, here's the thing about Joe Mixon is uh, in 2020, he um, had a week-to-week toe injury and um, or foot injury, and that ended up uh, turning into 10 games and the injured reserve. So um, if if you were a Mixon manager last year, you're probably freaking out, and rightfully so. Um, one, one of the uh, big things that uh, the Bengals did this offseason is, you know, they um, – they moved on from Gio Bernard and Samaje Piran is is up next. And also the rookie Chris Evans, who is kind of like a pass catching specialist. Um, I, I think he could be a dart throw or, you know, even somebody in, in dynasty leagues or really deep leagues. But Samaje Piran, you know, I, I think that it you're right. If, if I'm being optimistic, I don't think this turns into a um, you know, five, six week um, absence for Joe Mixon. However, that possibility is always there. Um, so, you know, it, it's definitely somebody that, that you want to go grab. Um, again, if, if you need help, if you are, if you're a Mixon manager, if you, uh, you know, are in desperate need of something, then you could do worse than Samaj P. Ryan just because of the workload. The workload's going to be there and you follow volume, especially when these injuries come up. So he's, he's not quite, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting in all of my fab on uh, P. Ryan, but um, I still think that he, he's going to be in that 20 to 25% range. Yeah. What, what, what makes it so different, like you said, is Zach Taylor kind of came out and said and backtracked the week to week thing. He's like, ah, he's more day to day. He can play through us. There's a chance he plays this week. That's the big concern of Samaj P. Ryan. Is I think that the Bengals would be willing to try and trot Mixon out there 100%. But like you said, he has had a history of these sort of injuries, keeping out long term. Last year, we saw, oh, he's just week to week. And he ended up missing so many weeks in a row. I felt that as a fantasy manager who had Joe Mixon. I was like, <laughs> oh, he's going to be back this week. Oh, it's Friday. And he's got rolled out. Great. So I'm not messing around with that. If you have a Mixon, you better go get Samaj P. Ryan. He's going to be the volume guy. Like I said, Chris Evans is a good dart throw. He's going to be a pass catcher. And we saw what they like to do with. Uh, Gio Bernard last year when Mixon went out and it could be a similar situation. So I would agree. Throw a dollar out there for Chris Evans, go get him in deeper leagues. Or if he's still sitting there after waivers laps on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Adam, if you have an extra spot, if you put someone on IR, so I would be perfectly fine with that. So obviously Damon Williams is one, Smaj P Ryan two. Is there any other running backs that aren't mentioned? Obviously those were two that are main, but is there anybody else who is kind of flying under the radar? Someone who, should be the, who should be picked up this week. Yeah, I, I you know I think I think Alex Collins in Seattle is an interesting um, he's an interesting play um, in in Seattle's Week Four game. I mean he he and uh, Chris Carson were basically splitting carries back there, and um, I, I think the final snap was the final snap counts were twenty five for Carson and twenty two to Alex Collins. Um, I think that Carson, uh, the reports that he was kind of nursing a hamstring injury, but regardless, if you watch any of the game tape, Collins looked just as good. And 
We know that Carson has a has a history of injury. Um, so I so I I like Alex Collins again. He's only he's only one percent. Um, he's only one percent rostered right now. I think you know that would be kind of like my third priority there to just throw that out there. And especially if you end up not coming back, coming away with Damian Williams or Samaj P. Ryan, um, that that would that would be a good one to have. And again, Carson always misses a few games every year. And then of course, just as a as a disclaimer, if if J D. McKissick or Latavius Murray are still available in your leagues. Uh, McKissick is about 39% rostered and Murray is 48%. So it's right, right there at that 50%. But if they're, um, if they're available, go check and, and make sure that you snag them if you can. I'll push slightly back on the Collins. It's a snap count is very intriguing. It's something to monitor, but they always are. They have one of those confusing backs fields. If Carson is nursing an injury and it's something that's going to, hinder him longer term and i'm kind of expecting it yeah go get him but the schedule coming up for him is it's tough you're kind of just stashing on the bench you got the rams Mm -hmm. this week you're not going to start him there pittsburgh you're not starting in week six the saints in week seven they have a a pretty good run defense so far so you wouldn't be starting until week eight and against jacksonville if he does take over so you're kind of just holding him as a stash which it could be worth if you got the bench space but i don't think i'm going to go as high as you're saying with 10 to 15 percent i might kind of sit and wait and see if it's uh, someone who gets caught up. I just don't trust the schedule and honestly don't trust Pete Carroll, that kind of stuff, but completely agree with you. JD McKissick, <laughs> Latavius Murray, go get them. If they're still out there, Murray is number one in Baltimore right now. Surprising benching of Tyson Williams last week and JD McKissick. Let's face it. He's the passing downs guy. And you saw him look incredibly athletic on that touchdown pass, touchdown run against your Atlantic Falcons, diving in over the pylon for touchdown. And Gibson is apparently nursing sort of some sort of injury too, so that might lower his workload, which means McKissick is a safe flex. We talk about it with uh, some receivers, but McKissick could be a good volume flex play from here on in. So definitely go get though either of those two if they're sitting out there. So real quick, we got, we asked on our Discord earlier today, like you said, if you go on to p- pitcherlist.com, subscribe for PL Plus, you can join our Discord where you can talk with any QB's list staffer. We have a whole chat of football. Every day, all all day, twenty four seven, and on Sundays, it's awesome. Everyone's watching every single game. You see all the updates in real time. It's a blast, and we have start sick questions, fantasy help questions. So if you want some help, you want to chat with us, feel free to subscribe. Come chat with us. We're in there practically every day talking football. It's an absolute blast. Oh, there's so much pain and so much joy, all just mixed in there. Yeah, you see one of your players score on red zone. You're like, great. And all of a sudden you look at Discord, it's like, wait, what happened to that guy? And it's just, uh, there's a lot going on, but it's an absolute blast. Uh, so we've, we've thrown out there that we're recording a show. Here are some, who are some guys you're considering dropping? I'm going to name just the four ones that kind of stood out. Tell me if you're dropping any of these guys, sir, for some of the ones we mentioned today. Ronald Jones, Elijah Drop. Mitchell. Yeah, Ronald Jones. We, we kind of said I'm, it. I'm so. I I feel bad again. I apologize to you, Rojo. Um, but yes, that for the third week in a row, I will say drop him. Yep, get him done. It's it's over. The Ronald Jones. It's it's Leonard Fournette's backfield. If the injury to Gio Bernard from he was out last week. Maybe that gives him some space. But let's face it, he's not going to do anything with it. So go get drop him for easily for one of those two guys, Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell. The, People have so much buyer's remorse right now. I I would say that he hasn't underperformed. He's been hurt. And so 
I'm holding him. I think there are probably some other spots on your roster that, you know, maybe one of the receivers that we mentioned further down or goodness, if you're holding on to two tight ends and hoping that Cole Komet comes good, I'd probably drop those guys over, over Elijah Mitchell. Um, there, there's a chance that he's coming back sooner rather than later. Um, so I'm still going to hold on to him because the San Francisco backfield is just, um, it, 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 there's an opportunity there for him to come back and, and still take hold of it. After a horrible week last week, people are panicking on Damian Williams, four carries for negative four yards. Are you dropping Damian Williams for any of these guys? Or Damian Harris. Damian Harris, excuse me. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm picking up Damian Williams. Uh, no, but yeah. Damian Harris, no. I, I, I Honestly, I would actually – I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is a buy-low moment for Damian Harris. Um, he was He was fine. Um, you know, the, the first couple of weeks. And then he basically went back to back in, against two of the best run defenses in the league in, in the saints and the bucks. So um, the uh, bright spot for, for this week against the bucks is he, we, he ran 17 routes, which is the most in his career. So I'll say it with a disclaimer because it's still a bill Belichick run new England backfield. So I can make no promises there, but I'm, I'm not dropping Damian Harris yet. His, his schedule uh, for the rest of the season is one of the easier ones in the league for running back. So um, I'm sticking with him for now. Yeah. I'd like to hold him if I can for those reasons as well. And then finally, we mentioned him kind of earlier of surprising benching. Are you still trying to hold on to Tyson Williams or are you moving on from him right away? Honestly, I, it, it's so hard because the Ravens was supposed to be one of those, you know, top running back um, or just backfields in, in the league. But it's it's hard not to move move on from him. So yeah, I'm just I'm ready to cut bait and move on, especially for some of these um, uh, higher upside, more guaranteed volume um, backs. Yeah, as I'd say, keep an eye on him. If for some, if he is dropped in your league and you have an extra bench spot, stash him for the upside because you never know if Baltimore what they're going to do. Let's face it, Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman did not look good, so he's worth a stash on your bench if they decide to activate him and mix him back in. But who knows? But for those two guys we mentioned who are going to be guaranteed work from here on in, and Williams and uh, not just, and uh, P. Ryan, yeah, you drop him and you move on. So we're going to switch over to the wide receiver position, which does not have as many big names. It's kind of a more another quiet week where no one fully emerged. And in 2021, we're saying this, that the number one wide receiver target on waivers this week is A.J. Green? A.J.? <laughs> is, is this true? Well... He's, you know, he's my namesake, so I do have some some loyalty to him. You know, I was wondering um, if that's a lot all it of it is. was due to the fact that it's another AJ. That's that's really all it is. No, um, yeah, it, it, it's funny. We we do have big names. They're just big names from you know 2017. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, you, you have to follow you have, you follow the usage and you follow um, the volume. So, um, AJ Green has had six targets in every game this year. Uh, Kyler Murray's playing like an MVP and he's and he he's looking for green in the end zone. So the way that the Cardinals um, receiving core seems to be shaking out and, and we weren't sure, you know, we thought that maybe Kirk would be trading off with green and wouldn't know who, who would have the up weeks, but green has been besides Deandre Hopkins, who is obviously the alpha in that, in that room. Um, AJ green's been the second most consistent. He's playing on the outside. He's getting the targets. Um, he's uh, he's benefiting from you know the the top option on on any opposing defense 
um, focusing more on DeAndre Hopkins side of the field. Um, and really what we're seeing is more Rondale Moore and Max Williams at the tight end spot and Christian Kirk. They seem to be the ones who are trading off targets, having up weeks and down weeks. But I mean, it's, it, it's hard to argue with, with, um, with what green is doing. So as long as he's healthy, he seems like he has enough juice to, um, to support, you know, kind of that, that WR three with WR two upside. Yeah, he's the second most snaps on the field. We all were hoping for Rondell Moore, and it's it's putting on the back burners for AJ Green. He's uh, getting the targets last week. He saw a season high twenty one percent target share. So I'm kind of buying in on AJ Green. I'm gonna go try and get him in leagues. He's got a good matchup next week against the 49ers, who have struggled against the pass. And even moving forward, Cleveland's not a horrible matchup. It's not great, but you can do worse against them. And then Houston week seven, everyone takes advantage of Houston. So go get AJ Green and Start him in your start him in your fantasy lamps. Last week it was Peyton Barber, people I didn't think I'd be recommending in 2021. This week it's AJ Green. So yeah, I'm I'm fully on board with that as well. So the next person for a wide receivers, we talked about him last week as a guy coming off IR. It's Curtis Samuel. He's 40% rostered on Yahoo. Slowly was getting more involved, but there's an injury in this Washington offense that may mean some more volume for him. So are you as interested in me as I am with Curtis Samuel? Yeah, I am. And, and, and this is really for um, when, when you're looking on, on your, when you're looking and looking at who to add, you know, and you're doing the classic like sort by fantasy points scored in week four, you're not going to see Curtis Samuel pop up, but I, but we do want to highlight him for you because of, because of two things. First, he was only in on, you know, 37% of, um, uh, of the Washington offensive snaps. But when he was in there, they were getting involved. And the reason he the reason he had he wasn't involved as much, or the reason he wasn't on the field as much, is because he's they just activated him back off uh, from IR, and he's a new signing. But they invested a ton of money to bring him in, and I think his role is going to continue to grow. And you know, the, and the second reason is this: is that Logan Thomas, uh, their tight end, who um, was pretty much their number two receiving option after Terry McLaurin. Um, He's he's most likely going to be out week five, potentially more. It seems like he's dealing with a hamstring issue uh, that happened after their first punt of of the day against Atlanta. Um, so I see Curtis Samuel's role continuing to grow, and he looked good. And they are running plays um, to to get him involved. And we're seeing Taylor Heineke not afraid at all to uh, to to sling the ball. Um, but those under, underneath routes are there. Curtis Samuel's really good out of the slot. So I, th- I think he's, he's a really good option um, that didn't show quite as much on the stat sheet, but there were a lot of really good reasons for that. Yeah. Sneak preview, more on Taylor Heineke later in the quarterback's thing, but I completely agree <laughs> with the injury to Logan Thomas. There is room for Curtis Samuel to be that number two target in Washington, like we expected. And I think he's going to do it. He saw four targets, which isn't bad for your first game back, and it's going to create open spots for him. So I'm in. Go try and get Curtis Samuel. Another name, which I didn't fully expect to be mentioning in 2021, but had a huge week three against my Pittsburgh Steelers, unfortunately, was Randall Cobb. Caught two touchdown passes, had five receptions. AJ, should we be buying into this Randall Cobb stuff? Do you remember when Aaron Rodgers was negotiating with the Packers and one of his terms was bringing Randall Cobb back? I I didn't think it would mean anything, but here we are four weeks into the year and we're already talking about it. 
Yeah, it really just seemed like a middle finger to the green to the Packers front office. Just, you know, you need me and you're going to do whatever I say. Um, but it turns out uh, Aaron Rodgers might actually uh, like throwing to him. Um, so the, the the big thing for this is that um, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, they just put him on injured reserve. So we know he's going to be he's on short term injured, injured reserve. We know he's going to be out for three weeks. And coinciding with that, we saw Randall Cobb's um, snap share just jump up, um, jumped all the way up to 45 percent. Um, he had a huge week four. Um, I don't think we can expect that every week. Uh, but I think that especially with MVS out um, and with um, with a really, really nice schedule coming up. So here, here, here are their upcoming games, Callan. You've got Cincinnati, then Chicago, Washington, Arizona, Kansas City, Seattle, Minnesota. Let's go. Randall Cobb's going to be just fine. So I, 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 lo- I love him as um, certainly a, a, as a flex with 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 upside um in in the green bay offense especially and we know aaron Rodgers likes him yeah it's it's clear they have that chemistry uh for the same reasons i'm gonna throw quickly out there this is like a a watch and wait kind of guy alan lazard saw his snap share jump as as well due to that injury up to 79 percent the most he's had while cobb cobb might have the rapport lazard could have it from the outside as well so i think he's due for an increase as well so they'll probably eat, eat, eat into each other's work but Cobb may have the advantage just from the past history and what you said that Rodgers really does seem to like him. He did catch two touchdowns against a good Steeler defense. So go get both of them. Cobb's the one I'll spend a little bit of fab on, but I'm not going to go nuts about it because it's Randall Cobb and people are probably not expecting as much from him. So if you're going to go get him, go get him now. And if you have a dollar to spare in a deeper league or have a bench spot you want to throw out there, go out at Al Lazard, see what he turns into with that same amazing schedule and another yeah. increase in workload coming. I like that. So moving on, one name that I want that continues to be mentioned and continues to get more work is Darnell Mooney. We saw the report he's having with Justin Fields, and he had five receptions last week for 125 yards. Are you buying into? I'm really starting to get interested in Darnell Mooney. Oh yeah, no. I, I, the The biggest question mark with Darnell Mooney was not Darnell Mooney. It was really what it, it, it's Matt Nagy more than anything else. It's really yeah. what is their offense going to look like? Um, but th- this week with Justin Fields getting a little bit more, you know, getting his feet wet a little bit more. Um, I was actually a little bit more down on Mooney when I thought it was Justin Fields moving forward, just because the history with, with these types of quarterbacks, you know, with these mobile quarterbacks, their first year, their accuracy, then being able to support multiple receivers with Allen Robinson also there. Um, I was a little bit down on that, but they clearly have some chemistry and, you know, of course, Matt Nagy doing Nagy things. It seems like, it seems like he wants Dalton back under center. Um, so I, I, I think that's, that's all, um, whoever's under center, it seems like it's going to be fine for Mooney. So um, he, he is one of those really just uh, seems to have that elite talent level. And um, you know, it, we, we saw flashes of it in his rookie season and now he's kind of got that second year receiver um, has his feet under him. And I, I'm, I'm very much in on him. The only thing that can hold him back is the rest of the offense. Yeah. One, one thing I'll add real quick. You kind of mentioned the work 41% target share last week. Last time I checked, that's pretty good. But so, yeah, I do want the Arnold Mooney. I think he's shown elite upside and just pure talent in the games that he's done. And a decent schedule coming out. Nothing incredible, but there's immense upside of him as Fields gets more comfortable. Or even if it's Andy Dalton, who's not great, but can get the job done. So I'm definitely in on him. 
Uh, moving on, we have Jamison Crowder, who last week had a very good game against Tennessee Titans. Nine targets, seven receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown. And he plays the Atlanta Falcons this week. Do you do, is there any more analysis I need to have there, or is it I do a pretty good job here? <laughs> That's yeah. The the last part playing the Falcons is is normally the the remedy, the cure for what ails you. Um, but no, it, it it seems like Crowder might have unlocked helped the Jets unlock a little bit of their offense. Um, it, their offense looked completely different with with him on the field. He he plays out of the slot. Uh, Zach Wilson has already shown a big affinity for uh, for throwing to to receivers out of the slot with Braxton Berrios kind of being the um, you know, one of the higher, um, target leaders on, on their team. So, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think Crowder is, is going to do pretty well. Um, I, I definitely think he, he's, he's one of those guys that's, that's definitely, um, worth an add on there. Um, you know, not, not quite as high as, as Darnell Mooney for me personally. However, you know, I could certainly see some weeks where, um, where he outperforms him, especially in a, in full PPR leagues, uh, because I think he's just going to get um, he's going to get a lot of targets um, and show that you know he can get open and he can perform. And it seems like even without having him, they missed him. Now, our, our final guy for the more in depth. Before we just saw a couple last kind of deeper, just quick names to throw out there. Kadarius Tony for the New York Giants last week. Another guy with a really great game, twenty five percent target share against a good Saints defense, and the Giants wide receiver core is pretty depleted. He's only 3% rostered in Yahoo League, so there's a lot of upside. Are, are you buying into this for Kadarius Tony, or is it because it's the Giants you can't fully get interested? You know, it, it was it was funny because Daniel Jones, I think, had a 400-yard week in, in week four, which was uh, not something we expected. Um, so I, I'm, I have my eye on Tony. I think he's interesting. Um, he's not a rookie. I was, I was particularly high on compared to some of the other ones in this draft class. Um, but I do think that there is, um, there is some opportunity there. Um, if, if Sterling Shepard comes back from his hamstring injury, um, that that's, that's the, that's the one I'd be watching. I'm not as, as concerned with Darius Slayton coming back, even though that, that could eat, eat into it, but Sterling Shepard's the one that I, that I'm watching. If he stays out, um, then I think that that hurts Tony's, uh, value. So I don't know if I'm, if I'm brave enough to start him, even though he, they have a great, uh, opportunity next week in, against Dallas, um, on paper. Um, to me, that that's a really good test for Daniel Jones and, and, and this, this offense to see if, if they can, if they can rise to that and perform, um, you know, in, in that, um, in that setting. So I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence on Tony. I'm definitely watching him, but he's not one of my must ads this week. Yeah. Fantasy analysts always say, trust the capital. They spent a first round draft pick on this guy. So there's clear solution and talent they like. I do agree with what you said. Watch out for Sterling Shepard. If he does play, that definitely eats into it because he saw 25% of doubts about Shepard, who's been the number one receiver for his team so far this year. So if he comes back, that's definitely going to affect him and make him probably a not start. But if both Slayton and Shepard are still out, that Dallas matchup might be too good to be true, and we may be starting Kadarius Tony. So kind of real quick, guys, that uh, are, are worth mentioning. Josh Gordon's a name we... I'll be honest, we kind of neglected to mention last week as the news came in pretty quickly as we were about to record the show and didn't get to add that to our sheet. But if he's out there, go get him. 32% rostered. The upside on this Kansas City offense is pretty immense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I grabbed him right away. I I think uh, wherever I could. It it, it may not turn into anything, but particularly if 
Um, if you don't have any pressing needs, he would be a great guy to add because he could give you a weak winning upside if he kind of fills that second wide receiver hole in the Kansas City offense who, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes seems like he's heating up and and their offense is going to be just fine. Yeah. Every week we try and tell you to add Tim Patrick, but this may be the week that I kind of <laughs> steer clear of telling you that because it may be Drew Locke under center. And if Drew Locke is under center, I do not want to start any Denver Bronco receiver. Do you feel any differently on that? Are you are we finally telling people that, you know, we're fine keeping Patrick on this list for another week? You know, I, I, I still, I still like having him, but I don't think I'm, I'm starting him. Um, and that's just because I, I just don't know what it's going to look like with Drew Locke. So that's just Tim Patrick's luck, man. He, you know, he finally goes up against the 40% rostered mark and then, and, and then he has a dud and, and we say, hold on, hold on, you lose your quarterback. So, um, he's, he's not a priority ad this week. I, I'm, I'm not dropping him. Um, cause I, I, I still, I still like him in the short term. Um, and he's, you know, again, this is really the first week four was the first week that he just did not perform. So, um, I, I'm, I'm not as enthusiastic this week, but, um, but that's really just because of drew lock. Yeah. And we'll go, we'll move over to the drops just like we did at the running back position. Just kind of yes or no. Are you dropping these guys for some of the receivers we mentioned? Brandon, Ayuk. it's been a rough start. Are we finally done with him? I'm all right. I'm it's, it is getting close, which I did not think I was going to say in preseason. Um, I'm not dropping him yet, but he's not sniffing the starting lineup until he can put, you know, two or three weeks together of more than 50 receiving yards. I, I really don't want to drop him. I don't think there's anyone on this list who has the upside of him. So I'm still stashing him, but somebody's going to come up and make me say drop him, but I'm still going to hold him for a little bit longer. Uh, one name that got mentioned as a Steelers fan that kind of hurts my heart. Are you dropping Juju Smith-Schuster? <laughs> you know what? I I am. I think that, um, you know, obviously Claypool's not out and that's supposed to be giving him some some opportunity. But I don't think that the Steeler offense can support anybody besides Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris. Uh, Big Ben has not looked like he's capable of supporting more than more than one receiver. Um, and so I just don't see it there for Juju. I think that, you know, similar to Instagram and Facebook today, Juju's just down. Ooh, ooh, that's, good. <laughs> that's good. I'm going to remember that one. That was, that was a really good one. I'm still going to hold on to him. I it's maybe some Steeler bias coming out in me, but he's of getting course the work. You are. And the Steelers are going to have to throw a lot. I don't want to give up on Juju yet. And it could very well just be a Steeler homer me. Luckily, I don't have to make that decision in many leagues. I just didn't get him. I wasn't crazy high on him, but it's just, Again, it's kind of the guys out here. No one's really standing out as like a, a must-have over him. So I'm going to still hold on to him, but it's about done. And finally, Will Fuller. He just broke his finger for the Dolphins. He's been battling suspension and injuries all throughout the year. He's known for his injuries. Are you dropping Will Fuller for any of these guys? I'm I'm holding, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping that if, if he's going to be out for a couple games that um, – that the Dolphins just go ahead and put him on short-term IR. So it mm-hmm. makes that decision a little bit easier. I still, I still love his upside. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of what I'm holding on to then, that if he can actually get on the field and start playing consistently and if Tua comes back, so maybe, maybe that's too many ifs in there for, for, yeah. uh, for, for your liking. But, um, but you know, if, if those things, you know, can coincide, um, then I, I still just think he's, he's got, as much or more upside than anybody that we've mentioned as an ad. 
if you're someone who's sitting at one and three or zero oh and four, and you need to make a play now, you, you have to drop Will Fuller and just move on. If you can afford to hold on to him, it's the same thing as these other guys. He has so much upside that's worth holding. But if you need a receiver now, there are some receivers. Like I probably would drop him for AJ Green at this point. I, I might drop him even for uh, Curtis Samuel. But if if you if you need a play now, do it. If you can afford to stash him, there's still much upside, and I do agree with you. Please put him on IR so it can make our decision a lot easier. <laughs> so, so we'll move on to the tight ends, and normally we just kind of quick through this, but there's actually a tight end or two worth talking about, and it starts off with Dawson Knox, and he's right on the pedigree of the 50% rostered. He's currently 47% rostered. AJ, we never really talk about tight ends, but... I'm so happy. Tell me why we should actually talk about Dawson Knox. <laughs> I'm so happy that we have tight ends to talk about. Yeah, I, I, I mean, here's the thing with with, with Dawson Knox. Um, Josh Allen's looking for him. He uh, he went up again in in targets in week four. He had eight targets um, in week four, five in week three. He's involved in the offense, and really, I mean, that's that's in the tight end world. I mean, that's that's all you can ask for. So um, you don't. I don't necessarily want to chase points from the week before, um, but the opportunity is, is is just too good to pass up on. So, um, you know, he, he he might disappoint in a few weeks, but all tight ends do. So um, Dawson Knox is somebody that, you know, in this space, if I don't have, you know, one of those top five uh, guys um, in, in, in my tight end spot rostered, then this is the week, you know, this is the absolute last call for Dawson Knox because, um, he's, his rostered percentage um, is just going to skyrocket. Yep. And look at his schedule coming up. Kansas City, Tennessee, and he's got to buy. He'll have to find someone for there. But then Miami, Jacksonville, and the Jets the next five weeks. All great matchups for the tight end position. Not so great defenses to start off the year. He's getting the work. And I think he's going to be this year's Robert Tunyon, the guy we weren't talking about, who all of a sudden is a week-to-week starter. So go get Dawson Knox if you need a tight end. I completely agree. If you don't have one of the top five or six tight ends, Knox is going to be probably a top 10 play for for most weeks the rest of the way. So they're throwing a lot. He's going to be great the rest of the season. And continuing on with a guy who saw a complete uptick in work, Dalton Schultz saw eight targets last week for the Cowboys. Are we... Are we jumping on that bandwagon too? Yeah, you know he he, he saw he had eight targets, uh, six receptions um, in week four, and he had seven targets and six receptions in in week three. Um, so the the big question coming into this season was whether or not Blake Jarwin was going to take over that that pass catching tight end role, and it seems like Dalton Schultz is is, is going to keep. Uh, is it has kept that role and is absolutely performing. Um, so again, this is an area where you know he's he's only thirty four percent rostered, which is probably high, kind of on uh, as far as tight ends go. Um, but w- what you're looking for, if you're actually going to put down any sort of a waiver claim with any sort of fab bid behind it, um, you know you're you're looking for somebody that you can sort of set and forget it. There will still be matchups where I might not recommend it, but I think Dalton Schultz has entered that conversation and he is. Um, absolutely, you know, he's as good of a bet as, as just about anybody else you're going to find that's under 50% rostered. Would you rather pick up uh, Knox or Dalton Schultz? If you had the problem, I'll take, I'll, I'll take Dawson Knox over Schultz right now. Yeah, I'd agree. But yeah, Schultz is in that conversation. I'm still concerned that Jarwin's going to eat into it slightly. I know last week exactly. was leading more Schultz way, but so that's lowers me a bit, but if you need someone, we're going to talk about some drops in a few minutes, but he could be worth the 
streaming and he's got the New York Giants next week. And that's another matchup you can take full advantage of. And finally, just real quick to who's getting similar workload to Knox. Max Williams for the Arizona Cardinals is in that confusing passing game. He saw five targets last week, including his first touchdown of the season. Are we interested in this or is this kind of the Cardinals receiver receiving options after DeAndre Hopkins are so confusing? I don't want any interest. Yeah, you know, I I, th- I think he's I think he's worth an ad. Um, he he might he probably fits into more of that uh, boomer bust, uh, really more touchdown dependent or game script dependent. Um, uh, like we said earlier, I think I think Max Williams is kind of he's kind of in that um, you know he's in that mix with Rondo Moore and with Christian Kirk. You don't know where those where those additional targets are going to come from, but you know, the, so I, I kind of call him my Dawson Knox light. Um, he's in a similar, you know, super high powered offense. He's got Kyler Murray thrown in the ball. So there are going to be some great opportunities there. So I do like him more than some other, uh, streaming options and maybe some, um, some tight ends that we came into the season kind of hoping that we're going to be kind of this year's Logan Thomas, this year's Robert Tunyon. Um, so I, I like him more than those guys, but he's kind of, you know, third, maybe fourth on my list of those guys, you know, throwing in, you know, even, even like Evan Ingram still, you know, he's still under 50% rostered and he um, is, is definitely, you know, in, an involved part of the giants offense that, um, that really clicked this last week. So he's kind of in, in that range um, where, I, I want to monitor it. And if I'm, if I have one of these guys that's just been hugely disappointing and I don't get Dawson Knox or I don't get Dalton Schultz, um, then, you know, I, there are a lot of options that I'd be, um, that I'd be happier to have Max Williams than moving forward. Yeah. So that actually transitions nicely. You mentioned Evan Ingram, which like you said, good play, six targets and he's got Dallas coming up. So if you miss out on these guys, I would agree that Evan Ingram is a fine play, especially if Shepard and, uh, Slayton misses well this coming week. So we mentioned some drops just kind of real quick. We won't have to go as in depth. Cole Komet's the first one on this list. It, it, we're done that upside for Cole Komet's uh, not fully there. Are you, I'm, I'm dropping it for these guys. Are you doing the same thing? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I, Robert Tunyon is uh, another guy who has been mentioned. Are you jumping off that ship for one of you for the next co- Robert Tunyon or yeah, I, I am. I, I I think that basically I have to downgrade Robert Tunyon into kind of the streaming uh, touchdown dependent um, category for me. He's he's not the guy that I'm just going to put in my tight end spot and just assume that I'm going to have more more good weeks than bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much in the same boat. It's it's close. They're kind of all in the same category. I'd probably rather have Dox or Knox in him rest of the season. Maybe Schultz, but it's kind of close. So if you can get him for Knox, sure, I might still hold him because he still got seven targets last week. He'll still have some involvement, especially if MVS is out for a longer-term situation. And then finally, with the week-to-week injury for Logan Thomas, Ben Brown, cover your ears if you're listening. Do you consider dropping Logan Thomas? I don't want to. Uh, he, Yeah, Ben. <laughs> sorry, Ben. Uh, no, but... he. Uh, Logan Thomas was everybody's favorite guy to say, oh, he can't do it again. And he, he was, he was, you know, a kind of almost at that set it and forget it level, um, just kind of becoming that second option for Taylor Heineke. Um, I want to hold him if I can. Um, so, but, but if there's, you know, it's really hard to, to hold two tight ends on your roster. So, um, I would wait until the last minute, see what it looks like. It's a hamstring, so it could. We don't know the severity of it, um, but it definitely seems like he um, 
he's on the wrong side of he's going to be on the wrong side of questionable for week five. Um, so I don't want to drop him if I'm streaming, but um, but it, your hand might be forced if you really need like a running back or or a wide receiver. Yep, I think I'm just gonna. I think I'm dropping him at this point. There's some upside guys with Knox and Schultz and the injury Thomas. I don't want to stash two tight ends, so I'm just going to drop him and say, see ya. Sorry, Ben. So speaking of streamers, you mentioned we're not going to go crazy in depth, but just like we always do, are there any quarterback streamers that you're completely interested in? Or especially, I guess this guy's worth talking about. Trey Lance did, is now possibly the starting quarterback in San Francisco. You don't like throwing fab at quarterbacks, but is he an exception or are you kind of in the same boat? You're not going to, if he's there, get him. What, where, how are you treating Trey Lance on waivers this week? I, I definitely think he's a, he's a priority ad right now. He's at 31%. I think after the first couple of weeks, you know, we saw, we've seen his roster percentage go, you know, just slowly down as, um, as Jimmy Grappolo was doing fine. Um, the, the latest out of San Francisco, um, that, that I've heard and, and Shanahan is, you know, legendary for, uh, for double speak, but, um, you know, Jimmy G said he was going to be out two. He said, I might be out a couple weeks. Now we're hearing it's basically contusion, which, uh, is, you know, a bruise, um, but a painful one, uh, but still a bruise. Um, so, but also hearing Shanahan talk about Trey Lance, you know, I, he, he's, he's basically pulling a page out of the Matt Nagy coaching book of, of saying, no, Jimmy G's our guy, you know, and, and Trey Lance looked like a rookie and he looked like the backup and he looked and so all these things. But with all of that being said, the rushing potential of Trey Lance just immediately puts him into that QB one, uh, conversation week in, week out with that offense, with their schedule. Um, so, He's he's one of those guys where I almost want to go grab him just so that the other guys, the other managers in my league don't have him uh, because he might be, you know, your your get out of jail free card. If you've <laughs> if you've been kind of holding on to one of those kind of real late round uh, quarterbacks, hoping hoping to hit. Um, so, yeah, Trey Lance might actually be the exception where I want to just go snag him um, and the even rarer instance where if I'm not in a super flex and I actually am holding, you know, two quarterbacks on, on my, on my roster, I think, I, I think I want to go get him. How, how much fab, if you are in a fab league, would you drop to oh, go get him? Gosh. Um, if you need a quarterback, then I'm still probably not going above that, like 10 to 15%. Um, and that's if you're that's if you're desperate and you really really want him. Um, but that's that's just policy. Um, that it, it actually hurts me to say that much for a quarterback. But <laughs> um, but it, it, if if you don't need one, um, you know, I, I think he's he's kind of in that. Um, it, it, he's certainly in that range where he can win you some weeks. So I can't blame you for for putting more than that in there. But I just I, I think there are options close enough around uh, around Trey Lance where you know, just the difference in quarterbacks is, is not going to be that much, especially in this first year. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know what, what do you pay up for, for quarterbacks, Colin? I I don't, I'm kind of in the same boat where I don't usually pay crazy amount for quarterback. I'll probably throw if it was for five to 10%, that's usually because I'm streaming and just kind of going week by week. Lance may be kind of an exception, but I also 
kind of conservative guy with who comes to, to bidding on these guys and knowing that Jimmy G is waiting in the wing and could take that job back any second might temper, temper for me. So just mm. going by my usual policy, odds are I'm not getting many train lands this week. I'm just kind of expecting yeah. to if I was to bid on him. Yeah, and, and the, other th- the other thing to keep an eye on is uh, San Francisco does have the early buy. So they have a buy in week mm-hmm. six. Okay. So you have the potential of Jimmy G coming back even before that, if uh, yeah. if if what Shanahan says is true, um, that he has a he has a chance of playing in week five. But even if he doesn't, there's a really good chance that Jimmy G comes back in week seven. But even if he doesn't, you're still holding on to Trey Lance uh, on a week six buy when you might need that roster spot. So just think think ahead a couple of weeks and see, can I hold on to him? for a couple of unusable weeks to see if I have him for the rest of the season. If you can't, then it's probably not worth paying up to, um, to beat somebody to the punch. Um, but I, again, I have to say, I, I can't argue with the upside, but that's just a little bit of kind of the, the strategy behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, so look toward the bye week as they're getting closer. You're going to have to start, you know, um, you have to start putting your players that are on by on, on your bench and having players that, that you can stream. So, um, so keep an eye on that as well. Now, if you are looking for a streamer and you don't have Fab to spend, Trey Lance is a great streamer this week because you got the Arizona Cardinals whose passing defense can be attacked. So if you just want to pick up a streamer, go try and get Trey Lance. I like that matchup. And are there any other streaming candidates that you kind of like? Or is there someone that we didn't mention that may be worth holding for more than just a stream? Sam Darnold is, is moving himself into that every week starter um, conversation. He's, he's only 37% rostered right now. Um, and to, uh, this week, uh, in week four, I think he really passed a, a big test. Now those two rushing touchdowns don't hurt. Um, but even before that, I think Sam Darnold was the league leader in quarterback rushing touchdowns. So he is, he is really putting it all together. The Panthers are playing at a really nice pace for fantasy production. Um, and he is, um, he, he's, established you know that natural connection with dj moore who is who is who's breaking out as well so um i i think i think it's time you know to stop doubting sam darnold he's been great and i i, I think he's um he's getting to that point this season where i don't mind what the matchup is i'm, I'm gonna start him does he break your tradition of not spending fab on quarterbacks or no you just if he's there i'll get him if not i'll there's other quarterbacks i like i'm not spending fab but um, but it, 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 if if you've been frustrated by your quarterback, if you're one of those late late round quarterback um, drafters, then I would I would certainly think about swapping Sam Darnold in. Yeah, two two uh, two other names that are just kind of real quick worth mentioning as a streamer. We've gotten bit by this before. Daniel Jones has the Cowboys this week. He didn't pay off against us with the Falcons as a streamer, but the Cowboys have been almost as bad defensively. So. The injuries that he could be getting his targets back. So keep an eye on the passing weapons that come back. But Jones could be able to take advantage of a weak Cowboys offense. And then you mentioned this last week. I was kind of a little skeptical just because it's Taylor Heineke. And I don't know what to believe, but he he's looked good. And this week is tough against the Saints. But week six, he's got the Chiefs. So maybe you stash him if you need someone on your bench. But uh, maybe more of a, a next week guy. But if you have some spot and you want to hold him for a week, Get Taylor Heineke before someone in your league does. I wouldn't blame you. And finally, are there any defenses worth streaming? Uh, like we always do. Uh, there's a couple decent matchups. Take me through which one's your favorite, or are you uh, kind of just sticking with what you have this week? 
So, uh, you know, it has to be said, Minnesota, the Vikings play uh, at home against Detroit in week five. Minnesota is only 16% rostered. Um, anybody going against Detroit is a worthy um, uh, consideration for, for a stream. Um, the, actually, the uh, Monday Night Football has not happened yet. So um, still to be determined about, you know, Las Vegas' defense, defense, but they have looked good. Chicago has shown... Um, that they can be vulnerable to um, to to a good defense, um, and that they can give up uh, give up points to fantasy defenses. Um, but but the one that I like right now is um, is Green Bay versus Cincinnati. Green Bay is thirty seven percent rostered. Um, they've had pretty much four solid weeks. Nothing crazy, nothing great, but they've um, but the past had some decent weeks, um, especially the last couple. And with Joe Mixon out. Um, you know, T Higgins potentially coming back, but still out. Um, I, I, I like the opportunity there. The, uh, you know, Joe Burrow has shown a tendency to throw interception. So I think there's, there's an opportunity for a big play here and there for a green Bay. So if you're looking to stream somebody and you don't, you know, you miss out on maybe, you know, Minnesota with the, with a nice matchup against Detroit. Um, I, I kind of like green Bay as a stream. If you need a defense this week, go look for those. And before we end the show, we'll just do a real quick run through just of our top guys at each position. No analysis, just if you're forgetting because it's been a little, a little bit of a longer show, you're our top three at each position. So we'll start running back. Who are your top three priorities at running back this week? Damian Williams, Samaj P. Ryan, and Latavius Murray. I will co-sign on that i don't have any disagreement there wide receiver wide receiver i'm gonna say aj green curtis samuel and then i'm gonna say darnell mooney i will yeah i'll agree and i'll put randall cobb there at a very close fourth where i i might yeah. even go him over mooney so those yep. top two i would agree and then kind of flip flop three and then we kind of that's really it tight ends we mentioned uh, the three it's dawson knox is probably our top and then the other two with schultz and Williams are worth it if you really need someone and you don't spend any fab, but Schultz, Knox maybe has the longest standing power. So anything, anything I missed or we think we covered it all. Go get every one of those guys or you'll be sad. Yep. Just pull (laughs) your entire roster with waiver wire players and you'll be fine. So I'm going to go make some of these bids right now. So I don't forget because I am in desperate need in a couple of leagues due to injuries. So thank you, AJ, for enlightening me with your waiver knowledge. And I'm going to now win my league based on your advice. (laughs) Of course. Thanks, Callum. Yep. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the QB List podcast. Once again, you can find us on Twitter at VQBList. I am at Callum underscore Elslager, AJ, tell all the people where they can find your work because it is, uh, like you said, a must read and he'll go more in depth than he did on some of these players and some we may not have even mentioned. Yep. Yeah. You can find me in uh, the waiver wire article that comes out on Tuesdays and you can find me on Twitter at AJ Passman. All right. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Go, go use this advice. Go dominate your waiver wires and we will see you again one week from now when who knows who the heck gets hurt and makes me cry once more. So thanks again, everybody.